welcome back to the Gals Getting Rich podcast. My name is Maeve, and I'm here with your other host, Butza. And today, our topic is something that has been on our back burner for, I don't know, ever since we started thinking of this podcast from the very beginning. And it is things that we wish we knew and things we are still working on. It's a very ambiguous topic, but I think you'll see it's just lessons we are still working on learning and fully grasping. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of things like honestly so many things, things that I'm still working on, but definitely things that I wish I knew. But I think the good thing about all of this is through the process you learn. So my first one actually has to do with scarcity mindset versus growth mindset. I think this can be applied to many things, not just money, but particularly with money. If we think money is always going to be scarce, I think we tend to project that unfairly. Even when it, if we were projecting that on maybe somebody that you know might need help or ourselves, or you just always feel like there's not enough. And sometimes when there's when there is that mindset, I feel like it's harder to really grow because rather than being concerned of how do you get to that next level, you're just worried. And so I think that's definitely something I'm trying to fix is, you know, abundance mindset or growth mindset. Like, okay, I have enough. How can I continue to enrich this and grow this? I love that. I think that's a good lesson to be working on. And I think some of these lessons we have like half learned, but we're still like getting through understanding it. And this one lesson I have, this is my first one. It's something that I talk about all the time with my boyfriend and you would think I would like understand it, but whatever. And it is, I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. So I think this is just to prevent me from going all hindsight is 2020. I feel like I have a tendency to look back on phases of my life and not like have regret, but kind of think, oh, what if I had actually done this? And I'm thinking about it in ways that I know I would have been successful. Like I got an internship that paid me X amount an hour. What if I got an internship that paid me twice that? You know, how much more money would I have had? Would that have changed things? And my boyfriend and I talk about this a lot with our college internships and how we use our time during college. Like, oh, like I should have done this during college. It would have put me ahead. And I need to just like let it go. I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. And all I can do now is just carry this information with me going forward and try to learn the lessons I wish I had learned earlier. What's your next one, Butza? So my next one is acceptance. I think primarily of myself, but also of people as they are. I think one thing you can't change is other people. You can only change how you react to situations or to your environment. So really working on just being more unbothered and more focused on accepting myself and others. Like if someone were to say something to me and it really bothered me, rather than getting my feathers all ruffled up, just knowing like, okay, this person is the way they are. They might do or say these types of things again, but rather than trying to meet their expectation, I want to just make sure I'm keeping myself happy and just know like they are who they are and that's fine. We can we can all live coherently and I don't need to worry about why they are the way they are or why they're doing such a thing. It's like, okay, cool. It's, hap- it's happened. Let's move on. Definitely. My next one is it's okay to do nothing. I think I kind of have a knack for always being busy, always having something to work on. Even when it's the weekend, I feel like I find work for myself to do. And whenever I like get home, 
from work or when I just log off from a computer and I get on the couch, I feel like, okay, I should do something. I should plan out my meals for the next week or plan out podcast episodes. Like I feel like I don't chill ever. And I'm trying to just allow myself the grace of it's okay to do nothing. I don't have to be on 100% of the time. It's exhausting. And yeah, something I'm still working on. I feel like it's easy for me to tell other people it's okay to do nothing, but then it's so hard for me to implement it in my own life. So still working on that. What's your next one? My next one is to work on having a good relationship with my spending and savings habits. I think if we let money control our emotions, we'll never be truly on top of our finances. So I think too, it's like, oh, you know, I had to use the subway and I had to spend 275 to go on the subway. I could have walked, I could have saved money, but it helped me save time. So just like not feeling guilt every time I swipe my credit card, if that makes sense. Like some things are necessary and like I just feel like I've been better about this, but there was a point in time where anytime I saw that notification on my phone, I'd always be like, ah, man, like I spent this much money and blah, blah, blah. But it's like keeping track of it is important, knowing that I'm not pushing my means. And honestly, that 275 was probably better than taking a $30 Uber across town. So just knowing that and I think just focusing on being a little bit more positive around that. I think about that all the time. Like opportunity cost plagues my mind all the time. My next one is spending money on fitness should be looked at as more of an investment and not an expense. I have been meaning for like years to get a yoga membership. I love yoga and I think I'm more inclined to go when I have a membership somewhere and not just like doing it through YouTube on my living room floor. I've just been meaning to invest in my physical health through like group fitness for so long. And I just whenever I look at the charges on a monthly basis, I'm like, oh my God, this is such a trap. Like this is such a big expense. It's not something to sniff at. And even when I buy like protein powder or when I buy workout clothes, like I think so much of like, oh my God, working out is so expensive, but really it pays off in the future just by maintaining your health. And I just still working on changing my mindset on this one. So, and I still haven't gotten a yoga membership for this year yet, but it's more because of indecision of where I want to get my yoga membership. Not that I don't know it's worth it. So totally. And you should, you should treat yourself to really good workout clothes and protein powder because it definitely goes a long way with how hungry you feel in the day or how energized you feel like I just got a new protein powder and it tastes like matcha tea and it's so good it's literally my favorite one right now really where'd you get it from this boat it's called boba tea protein powder it's like this I honestly got an Instagram ad but they were targeting the right person clearly (laughs) and I bought it on Black Friday it was it was kind of up there but honestly like $50 to $40 is pretty typical, I feel like, for protein powder packages. And it had, like, 60 scoops in it. So it was, like, pretty good. Like, a less than a dollar a scoop. But it's really good. No sugar, 25 grams of protein. Pretty solid. They have vegan options. So the one I got was whey-based. I'm a big fan. But that being said, I think creating an automated system where our money pours into an emergency fund, a savings account, and investing account, that's my next one. So I think I already do this, but I always feel like my allocations could be more optimal and I think I spend a lot of time thinking about okay how can I change this how can I constantly evaluate 
That being said, the thing that I think I'm continuing to work on is applying that automated system to my day-to-day routine. I think routine is something that keeps people sane, keeps people happy, keeps people fulfilled. And I'm kind of, if, if you've met me, I'm pretty all over the place sometimes. Like just my brain goes in a billion different directions. And I definitely want to be a little bit more autonomous or automated in how I plan my day and and just having a little bit more control and like making sure that I'm not just rolling out of bed and going straight to work I'm I've been awake I've done a couple of things or in the evening I have time to wind down so just like creating like a system whether that's with money or with life I think I'm I'm definitely trying to figure out how to optimize and that being said you can't over optimize anything but I think I think there's a way to get close and so I think that's something I'm definitely trying to work on yeah my next one I would say I'm 90% of the way through learning this. Okay, so this is one that's almost learned, I'd say, is anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. I think about this a lot with planning meals for the week. I try to grocery shop and like only cook during the week. And then on the weekend, I'll eat out like two times. I try to be like really strict with how much I eat out. And like when we came back from California, I was exhausted. Like we had such a long travel time getting home. It was exhausting. And by the time we got back to our apartment, I just did a Whole Foods pickup order and I just did like two meals worth of groceries because I was like, this is all I have brain capacity to think about for now is just two meals. And it just made me think like, okay, I don't need to plan out five meals for the next week. Just doing two meals is so much better than zero, than not ordering anything at all and not cooking any meal at all. Like if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. So it also ties into one of my favorite mantras of just do something. I think about this a lot with like working out. Sometimes I just do not feel like being on the treadmill for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, okay, 15 minutes is still so much better than zero minutes. There's nothing wrong with 15 minutes on a treadmill. No one's gonna go complaining to their mom that I only did 15 minutes like it's so much better than nothing so yeah I think I've almost learned it sometimes I still get mad at myself for not <laughs> doing something perfectly but that's fine yeah I really like your doing a little bit like whether it's working out or even with cooking I think I really struggle with cooking for one but I really really like cooking home food as much as I love eating out I just feel better when I eat food at home but That being said, my next one is focusing on things I can control rather than things that I cannot control. You can't control the outcome, but you can control how you prepare for it. So whether that's health-related, work-related, I think focusing on things you can't control can make you feel pretty powerless. But focusing on what you can control gives you your power back. And I tend to worry, I, I get anxious, but one thing that I know I can control is making sure that I have an emergency fund or just generally setting myself up for success, whether it be in finances, whether it be for a presentation or something, just making sure I'm putting as much effort as I can to kind of give myself a little bit of padding if things were to happen or not work out. So my next one, it kind of goes hand in hand with my last one, but it's progress, not perfection. And again, I'd say I'm like 90% of the way through learning this. It's still getting cemented in my brain, but Whenever I set a goal for myself, like I'm trying to cook 50 new recipes a year, I know, okay, that means I have to basically cook a new recipe every week. And I set like a benchmark on like a weekly basis for myself. And let's say like one week I don't 
cook anything at all. But then the next week I cook one. It's like, okay, I'm averaging half a recipe a week. That's okay. I don't need to be perfect. At least I'm trending towards my goal and I'm not trending away. That's what I want to see. I want to see progress. I don't have to be perfect and on top of my goal. I just need to be better than I was yesterday. Just like in the book, Atomic Habits, where it's all about not completely changing your life overnight. It's about being 1% better every single day. And then you'll just start to see a compound effect throughout your life. I try to really practice that. Also, whenever I like get into like a new workout routine, I tell myself like, okay, I don't have to do this five days a week. If I just do it three days a week, that's so much better than what I was doing before. You know? Oh, and also the other thing is I am a really big list person. I use the reminders app on my phone all the time. And I usually will make like a list of like 20 things I need to do. And it gets like really overwhelming to look at it. But I just tell myself like, okay, I'm not going to fix everything overnight. But if I just do at least one thing every day, at least the next morning when I wake up, I have one less thing on my mind. And that's worth a million dollars to me. So progress, not perfection. That's one of my favorite lessons that I'm still trying to learn. What's your next one, Vetsa? My next one is to be mindful of how I speak to myself. So for example, if you wouldn't say it to a friend, why would you say it to yourself? Being kind to ourselves is just as important as being kind to others, but honestly, it's so hard. Like I feel like I'm so hard on myself for absolutely no reason sometimes, but I need to give myself some credit. Yeah, you do. You should always give yourself credit. My next one, I have learned this lesson like 5% of the way. This is like the worst thing out of everything I'm telling you right now. And this lesson is, I need to start living now and not delaying gratification all the way until retirement. I am so bad about buying myself stuff that I need. I don't know what it is. I was telling my boyfriend last night that when it comes to tofu, my cat, I will buy him anything he wants. It's not even a thought. I will buy him a year's supply of food, all the cookies he needs, every toy he could possibly want. I have no problem spending money on my cat. But for example, I needed a knife sharpener. Our knives were so dull, it couldn't even cut a pepper. Like I had to just get out a butter knife to cut a pepper. It was really, really bad. And knife sharpeners are not that much money. You can get really cheap ones from Ikea. You know, you can get an electric one for like $120, but you can also get a manual one for like 30 or something. Like they're not expensive, but I would not buy it for myself. And my mom kept telling me like, you should buy this for yourself. Like you obviously need it. And I was just like, no, I'm going to ask for it for Christmas. And I don't know why. And I ended up getting one for Christmas from my boyfriend's mom. And it was one of the best presents because I came home and I immediately sharpened my knives. And like, my life has changed. I like love my knife sharpener. And I forget how much it was, but like less than $50 for sure. Knowing now that... That experience I just had with my sharp knives cost me slash my boyfriend's mom less than $50. That was like a $1,000 experience to me. I don't know why I do this. I do this with buying other kitchen supplies as well that I need. So delayed gratification is not always good. I like that one a lot, especially with your kitchen utensil antidote. Like I feel like there are so many kitchen supplies that are one-off and I've actually stopped buying like specific things like garlic peelers or whatever just because I feel like it creates more dishes to do later Mm -hmm. and that too like you're only using them for one-off but like something like the knives thing is so critical because knives are expensive and Mm -hmm. if you can just sharpen yours you're also being sustainable so we love that. Yeah 
Yeah, and I mean, my knives are from Ikea. They're nothing like to run home telling your mom about, but I cook a lot and I was, I feel like I was punishing myself every time I was cooking because first of all, a doll knife is the most dangerous thing in any kitchen. And I don't know, I just like, I was so frustrated every time I had to cut an onion because it just like would not cut. It was like really bad. And I think like we see it a lot on like personal finance books that whenever you want something, write it down a note in your phone. And if you're still thinking about it, like a day or two from then, like then you can buy it. But like, don't think you can get caught up in like impulse spending. That's the opposite of my problem. I will write something down on a list of things I want and then I'll be like, okay, I'm not allowed to buy it. (laughs) If it's on a list, that means someone else has to buy it for me for Christmas. And I don't know why do this but anyway long story short delaying gratification is not always a good thing and don't punish yourself what's your next one Vata? my next one is life is not a competition there is no winner or loser the goal is to keep playing and to enjoy it so i think one thing that i want to be better about is to not take it too seriously and remember to enjoy the journey in whatever i do and not that i'm competing with anybody or over competitive but you do kind of start to compare yourself sometimes which I think it's natural, it's human nature, but at the same time, it's like we're, we're all doing good. And especially recently, I don't know if maybe, I think I sent this to you, but that girl that made a bot for a, other personal finance books written by females, I kind of saw oh that and I was like, see, this is the problem. It's like, especially women, forget everybody, but women should be supporting women, but there's this thing going around that, you know, where you try to tear other people down and I hate that. So it's just like, be unbothered, be carefree, be yourself, but be happy when somebody does something great and nice. And even if they happen to do better than you, sure, I think it's human nature to be like, oh man, like I failed my exam, but my friend is number one in the class. Like, yeah, that can kind of suck. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, they're friends with me and Mm -hmm. they're my friend for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's sometimes hard to be happy for your friend, especially if you share a lot in common with them like if I was like a skateboarder professional skateboarder and if you were like worked on Wall Street it'd be easy to be happy for one another because we're so different like we're not direct competition at all but then when someone who's your peer gets that promotion it's almost like wait what about me like there's competition like inherent competition with between people who are similar I think that bot account scandal thing was horrible yeah I think it takes a lot of maturity to be happy for someone even when you're a little bit jealous but I really like that I really like that I'm resonating with that really hard I think that's a lesson I'm learning too yeah no I I'm glad I'm glad you do what's your next one so I have another one about being competitive and so I'm just gonna say it now mine is stop competitively comparing myself to others but like okay it's not like that it's like I get competitive about stupid things and this has been a character trait of mine since like the day I was born when I was like in first grade or second grade we had like a keyboarding class in school and we had these like type for fun type to learn like programs and there was one that we had where there were four games and they had a scoreboard of the top 10 and I spent all class trying to take up every spot in the top 10 for every single game and then once I conquered all the games and I was just well I only ever did three but I like printed out and showed my mom how I didn't let anyone else get in the top 10. And it was like, what for? Like I was in first grade and this is like keyboarding class. It was so irrelevant. And I get competitive about <laughs> like stupid things that don't 
directly benefit me. But going back to like what you were saying, Vetsa, I need to learn to be competitive where I should be and where I should be greedy, like in my career and be greedy in terms of the respect I get from others. Like I shouldn't allow anything less than the best. But when it comes to like getting the best deal on rice, I will drive across town to pay less for rice. You know, and it's like, okay, I need to let something slide. I don't know. Maybe I just have a bruised ego, but I'm still working on my competitive nature and just like stop kind of just being annoying about it. So yeah. Yeah. What's your next one, Vatsa? I really like that one because I'm kind of the same way. I think my next one is if something will not be a big deal in five days, don't even give it another second. I think this is applicable to making a mistake, to somebody saying something. But many times you think it'll be life-ending if you screw something up, but likely the screw-up doesn't even have a lasting impact. So honestly, what I'm saying is, yes, you should be accountable for your actions, but know that you're always growing and improving. And even this can go with making a bad financial decision, assuming it's not like a big one, right? Like for example, I've invested in meme stocks and lost some money there before, but luckily I didn't lose my entire net worth, but like I really beat myself up for that. But it's like in the long run, it's like, okay, cool. I can claim this as a tax loss and move on. It's not the worst thing in the world. So just being a little bit nicer and a little bit more rational when it comes to things, right? Like somebody can say something and you can be upset about it, but in five days, is it going to matter? Probably not. Yeah, no, I think about that a lot. Like when I was in school, whenever I was studying for an exam and I just wanted it to be over with, I would think about, 20 years from now, where will I be? Oh, I'll have a job and I'll have PTO and I don't have to do these exams. My next one is a newer lesson I'm learning. And it's just that you don't need to drink alcohol to have fun. I know that's kind of like straying from all of our other goals and like lessons we've learned. But I have so much fun when I'm sober too. Not that I needed alcohol to have fun, but like it's something that just accidentally happened over the pandemic. I just like forgot about alcohol, except I did make a lot of margaritas for like a hot month in the pandemic but besides that I had to throw away our beer that we bought because it expired um it was like three years old and I just like liquor expire liquor doesn't expire but like it was like canned beer I had to throw away Mm. and I don't know if it's a carbonation that expires or what but anyway it was like expired in 2021 I bought it in 2019 I, yeah, it was just something that accidentally happened. I just stopped drinking as much. And I realized that when I go out with my friends, like dinner, I don't need a drink. I actually am like a sufficiently funny and enjoyable person without alcohol. And <laughs> my friends, if they didn't like me when I was sober, then I don't want them to be my friends. But lucky for me, my friends like me when I'm sober too. So also just realizing that I have so much fun going on like Zillow adventures or trying out new coffee shops or going kayaking like I feel like post-grad I've explored so many more activities beyond alcohol centered stuff so what's your next one I really like that one maybe because I literally have been thinking the same thing I mean I'm not totally like oh I'm giving this up but I have been drinking a lot less lately and that too in New York City I just I don't enjoy it I feel better when I haven't had a drink and it's cheaper and I'm also just trying to be healthier like actually when you drink alcohol I think it and if you eat with alcohol it slows down your metabolism so it Mm. it could make your meal a little bit more unhealthy which is kind of interesting yeah but yeah that's a that's a good one I think too the pressures around it 
especially if you're someone in college and like listening you really don't have to like it's if you enjoy it great if you don't enjoy it then there's really not much of an upside to it to be honest yeah my next one is I want to make sure I'm aware and fight for myself when needed whether it be with money or with love or with respect everyone deserves to be treated with respect and treated well I think people should ask for that raise, ask for what you need in friendships or relationships. I think I'm being better about asking what I want to get out of work. What are my goals? How do I get there? Just asking those questions so you can live your life the way you want it to be and you don't have to wait on it. And I'm saying you, but I'm also talking to myself. But Maeve, what's your next one? My next one is if I wait for someone to plan a trip or just make plans, I'll never do as many things as I want. So I should not rely on other people to make my calendar. I should just make my own. And it sounds silly, but I think sometimes I would just twiddle my thumbs and sit around and wait for someone to say, hey, we're going out tonight. Want to come? And I realized, like, if I'm always the one being invited, how does that make my friend feel? I should be the one instigating the plans and be like, hey, I just, like, made a random dinner reservation. Do you want to go get dinner together? You know, this is true for so many things. Like, I love traveling. I love trying out new restaurants. And I need to just own my life and take responsibility for it and plan the trips I want to go on, go to the restaurants I really want to try. This really inspired my goal for this year of going on a solo trip because I think if I'm comfortable traveling by myself, I'll find a lot more satisfaction because I will be able to travel everywhere I want to. So, I guess just taking responsibility for my own social calendar and also inviting other people out, being the person who makes plans and does fun things and not sit around and wait. I like that one. I feel like I'm sometimes the person who is always orchestrating the plans and I find myself sometimes getting frustrated with that. But to your point, like if I don't, if I want to do something, why wait around? It's like, okay, I'm going. If you want to come, meet mm-hmm. me. If not, yeah. that's fine too. Yeah. Um, But my last one actually is you will outgrow the way your parents grew up. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but so much has changed since they were in their 20s and 30s. And they probably did things differently from how their parents did too. So while they may not understand how you're approaching work, school, or even dating, I think it's important to be patient because they'll get it eventually. The big thing is to just always remember the values that they taught you and never outgrow those. But I think one big thing, especially around money, it can be really sensitive of like having these expectations. But again, I think ultimately you should do what makes you happy and really spend the time and think like, am I doing this because someone's telling me or someone's expecting me to do this or am I doing this for me? Yeah, I really like that. My last one, my last one is to stop caring about optics. This is something I've learned like 5% of the way. This is a new lesson I'm in the process of learning, but I think there's like, we just know like stereotypes and like what society often regards as successful and not successful. Like, did you graduate high school? That's seen as successful. Did you drop out of college? Ooh, like doesn't look as good. Even if you're dropping out of college to pursue your own business, the optics of the situation do not immediately look good. And that's something that I was very perceptible of growing up whenever people would be like, oh, like, you know, just like 
make comments about other people's situations and the optics, it's like, I guess we don't really know the full situation or like what's going on with that person. And it feels a little bit hasty to judge. And I think it made me really defensive of my own optics and like, you know, try to make things sound like I am successful, even when I wasn't. And I can give an example. When I was in college, after my freshman year, I went and did um, research in physics, which I study physics. So most people go into physics for like grad school after your bachelor's, whatever. And I had always thought I wanted to do physics research. I wanted to be a scientist, everything like that. And I didn't love it. Like it was okay. It was good. It was fun. I learned a lot, but like it didn't get me excited to graduate and have a job. And my sophomore year, I just did a lot of soul searching of like, I'm still a physics major, but I know I don't want to do physics research. What am I going to do? And I had always wanted to be a yoga teacher, but I felt like, okay, if I had like an internship last summer, I need to have one this year or else the optics of the situation will look bad. Well, I didn't get an internship mainly because I didn't apply to any because I had no idea what I wanted my career to be. And I went into yoga school. I took like a class over that summer and it was actually really beneficial for my, like my character development, I guess, because it allowed me just like do some soul searching and try out things to see like what I want my career to be after I graduate, you know, but I felt like, oh my God, everyone's going to see that I went from like this, like crazy physics research position to like yoga school, like the optics of that situation do not look good, but who cares? Who cares what the optics look like? Just live your life and things will fall into place. People's opinions should have no merit over the decisions you make in your life. There's no rules for how to do life. You can do whatever you want. It's 2023, so let's leave that behind in 2022. And yeah, so I'm just still learning to do whatever I want and move on and not really give a heck. That's my last one. I know that was long-winded. <laughs> no, it was good. I think that closes us out in terms of our 10 things we're learning and working on or have learned, but I think we can go into money moves. Yeah. I feel really vulnerable right now talking about everything I'm still learning <laughs> in a way, which I think is good. I think it's good. I think it's it's easy to say the things that we have learned, but to say the things that we have not fully grasped yet is a little bit more, I guess, intimidating and like it's scary to admit when you don't understand. I don't know. But yeah, money moves. I have a super cool money move. There is this deal that Target does, but they're the debit red card, not the credit card, the debit red card that they offer. And there's a limited time offer that they put out four times a year. That is you get $40 off your next purchase of $40 or more when you open up a credit card. Amazing deal. You can do this as many times as you want, but you have to close your debit card after you do it. So the deal comes available like every 90 days or something. And this iteration is ending January 14th, which this episode is going up after that. So I'm so sorry, but wait 90 days and you can do it too. And what's cool is you get $40 off your next purchase of $40 or more in store and you get to do it again online. So you get $80 of stuff for free. And I'm using it to buy a year supply of deodorant because I don't want to buy deodorant for the rest of 2023. Why not just like get it all for free in January? Don't think about it. So not only am I buying myself peace of mind, but I'm going to get myself free deodorant. 
So that is literally my money move. I executed it this morning. Oh my God, that's awesome. I, mine is kind of funny. I was on Chase and you know how, I'm in Chase, my American Express, all my credit cards. You know how they have like the special offers? Yes. Where it's like, hey, like up to 20% off like XYZ business or XYZ thing. Mm-hmm. So but, but like to get them, you have to activate in the in the portal for cashback. Otherwise, it doesn't actually work. It's not like an automatic thing. Yeah. But I have been using ClassPass as of the last couple of months, which has been really, really awesome and really, really good for me. I've actually increased my plan. So I literally get like 100 credits and a gym membership. But I, it's funny, I don't actually make it to the gym that often, but I definitely make it to my classes. And anyways, back to the main point. So within Chase, they had a special offer where it was like up to 20% off any class pass purchase up to $20. And I was like, yo, this is so perfect. So I think just like randomly, like when you have downtime checking, seeing what's there. And if it's something that you're already purchasing, I think to one time I made an Ulta purchase and then I activated it after the fact and I got like $3 back on the Ulta purchase. And I was like, let's go. But that is my money move. Check your offers, but don't necessarily spend money just because they're offering it. But if you are spending money anyways, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that's the gimmick. I did that horrible thing of like I did all my Christmas shopping and then I checked my offers and I could have gotten so much more money back had I checked. But whatever, hindsight's 2020. I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. (laughs) Yes, putting your lesson into effect. I love it. Gotta start putting in the work. Anyway, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Kind of a little bit divergent from the normal personal finance stuff, but Vats and I always say that Gals Getting Rich is mainly about personal finance, but it's also about being rich in every capacity in your life, whether that's like mental, emotional, physical, whatever it is. And in terms of lessons we learn, I think we find wealth in learning these lessons. So I hope you guys really enjoyed. Do you have any final comments, Vatsa? No, I think thanks for listening. See you next week. Yeah, thanks guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.